Welcome to Thrive As I Am. My name is Lolita, and I'm here with my hosts, Kat and Alicia's Jasmina. In today's episode, we are shining a spotlight on a deeply significant yet overlooked issue, high-functioning depression in Black women. Our society has a way of neglecting and dismissing Black women's health, and often our mental health isn't even discussed or considered. Often we are painted as strong, fierce, masculine, and although we can be a dynamic force to be reckoned with, This episode aims to uncover the layers of this often silent struggle, but also holds space for the undiscussed battles, misconceptions, and stereotypes surrounding high-functioning depression. Um, So, how are you ladies feeling today? I'm feeling great. (laughs) Feeling good. How are you? I'll be honest, I am not my best self today, so forgive me um it's a gloomy day i think sometimes my mood depends on how outside looks so i'm feeling a little gloomy hopefully it gets better though yes yeah so um high functioning depression we all kind of know about depression right like i don't know if i can't say that everyone here has experienced it but um in some form do you guys feel like you've experienced depression at all I felt like I have. Um, it was not a good feeling. I didn't know what was going on with me. I thought I was just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I never, you know, followed up with, you know, a doctor or a therapist to find out if that was actually what was going on. But it was a point, like, I was just feeling, like, worthless and mm-hmm. empty and, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to be around anyone. I would just be alone. I would be crying. It, it, it happened for like maybe five days straight. I was just down. Yeah. And I don't know what caused it. Um, I, You know, now that I think about it, I can't remember what actually caused it. I do believe that it was around the time that um, after my 30th birthday, mm-hmm. Um, that's when, yeah, that's when it was, it was actually after my 30th birthday and that's when I had went back to Atlanta after, you know, coming back here for about six months. And, um, it was, you know what, now that I recap, that was a really, really rough time in my life. Um, moving back to Atlanta, it was around the holiday time. And I, like I said, I just felt worthless. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to talk. I was just sitting in the dark for five days straight. Yeah, that definitely sounds like the typical, like, clinical kind of depression. And Mm -hmm. I've definitely experienced that before, like, those same type of symptoms, not wanting to go anywhere, eat anything. Um, And I love to eat. So, like, that was, um, you know, awkward for me that I had no, no, no appetite whatsoever. And like you said, just randomly crying. You know what happened once to to me so I was on my way to Mexico um was that Mexico yeah it was Mexico I was like a day or two before going to Mexico and on my way to go get my Brazilian wax I bust out in tears and I could not stop crying even while I was getting a wax and I'm trying to tell this lady I am so sorry I really don't know what's wrong with me I could not stop crying. I went back home, got in the bed, stayed there for the rest of the day, didn't pack any of my shit. And I just cried uncontrollably for the rest of the day. And then like later that night, I got up and I packed my things before, you know, 
flying out to Mexico. But I was like, I was definitely depressed and I could not really pinpoint where it was from. I don't think my cycle was on. I don't even think it was coming up. So it was just like a really awkward time when I was just like so sad. Um, And I laugh about it now. I laugh about it more so the fact that I was crying while I was getting my my wax. Um, But it was crazy. It was strange. It was very, very strange. And I couldn't pinpoint the reason at all. So I think for me, like depression is something that I've struggled with on and off my entire life, Loki, Heike, <laughs> my whole um, adult life, probably. Um, part of it for me, I feel like it could have been um, hereditary. Is that the word I'm looking for? Like it, my mother, like I grew up kind of with a mother who struggled with depression, like my entire childhood. So it was something that... I was around, um, and when I became an adult, like I began to struggle with it myself. So I think for me, it was more circumstantial. Anytime I experienced like a major heartbreak or a major betrayal or a major, you know, just hurtful situation, um, because I'm such a deep feeling person, I just would go like, you know, into really. Um, like dark spaces, you know, after mm-hmm. experiencing like heartbreak or something. Also, I was in a very long relationship that was very toxic and experienced um, just a lot of really messed up things in that relationship as well, which I think triggered me to be more in a low vibrational space for longer periods of time than what I would have been, you know. Had I made better decisions, shit, I'm going to take accountability. (laughs) Had I made better decisions on, you know, who I connected myself with. But, yeah, so it's something that's been an ongoing thing for me that I still, to this day, have to, like, keep myself in check. But um, I would say I've grown a lot. So Yeah. So depression is something I feel like we all probably experience, you know. But I just recently, like... And the reason why I wanted to kind of like have this discussion is because I kind of just recently learned of the term high functioning depression. Um, And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's like you're high functioning. Yeah, but you still kind of have these depressive episodes. Um, And I I saw it like off of Instagram. It was like a a reel or something that somebody had posted um, talking about, you know, we don't really talk about the signs of high functioning depression in black women because it shows up a little bit differently for us. Um, and well, yeah, it shows up a little bit differently for us. And, and I started to really wonder like, why, why is that? Why would depression or high functioning depression show up differently for black um, women? Do you guys have any like possible, you know, like, theories on why you think it might show up a little bit differently for us in the sense of we're going through it and we may not know is that what you mean or yeah like that's what it sounds like to me I feel like any anything that is connected to our mental health we are brought up we are trained um, we are treated as if that's just how we are right Right. And that's just that's that's it for me. 
I just feel like we just feel like that's what that's what it is. And now that we are more aware of everything, you know, even when it comes to like postpartum depression, like mm-hmm. I've I've never even heard of that. I've heard of that about maybe five years ago. Um, and I would just be like, you know, girl, you're just making up an excuse. You know, I would actually think that about most of my friends. Like, mm-hmm. girl, you're just making up an excuse. You just had a baby. Like, I get it. But you just made up a whole thing about postpartum depression, you know. And <laughs> it's a real thing. Like, you know, these women are sad. It, you know, it, 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 I actually had to have a friend of mine who's a doula explain it a little more. Like, you know, just the things that they go through. And it's like, wow. Yeah. And so I think, again, it, it's just how we are brought up as black women we supposed to go through this because we black women yeah i feel like Mm -hmm. i I think that's it right there i feel like because black women have bared so much for so long they think it's normal you know like and this is kind of like another topic like this is low-key off topic but like right now men and I don't want to make this about like men and women type of thing, but I know men are kind of like um, going at women, like, because like, why should we be taken care of and why this and why that? And I'm like, white women have been taken care of for millennia. Like they're, they've always been taken care of and it's normal for them to desire to want to be taken care of. But because black women have pretty much been left by husbands and fathers and stuff like that, and we've been taking on a lot of pressure to raise ourselves or raise our children that they see it as normal. Like we're not supposed to want to be taken care of. We're not supposed to want to have like an easy and soft life. They don't see that in us. And I feel like that in itself can be, can trigger depression, you know? Um, And I don't feel like, I feel like we get a bad rep for wanting better for ourselves just because our mothers and our grandmothers have lived this hard life and they like persevered and they expect us to kind of do the same thing. And we're kind of fed up. We're kind of like, no, (laughs) I don't, we don't, we don't want to do that anymore. Um, So I feel like to an extent that might have something to do with it, especially like as a black woman and as a mother, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel it. I feel like it's kind of fucked up that I am not giving that that grace or that um I don't know that ease like people don't want me to live an easy life and that's what it feels like like I have to be under pressure to like be worth something if that makes sense yeah yeah it does it makes a lot of sense and you, I agree with everything you just said. I feel like I've gotten to a point in my journey where it's like I understand how the box that we are put in. And it's like, okay, now that I know that, it's my responsibility to make sure that, like, I teach people how to treat me now. Like, as I yeah. reprogram myself, I'm going to reprogram everybody around me, you know. And if it is, if it's not a good fit, then I'm going to, you know, move around and find spaces that it's a good fit in. But what I've what I've started to do recently and um, God has been kind of talking to me about this, but it's also just something that's been, I realized has been kind of coming more naturally. Like I'm starting to be more vocal about the support that I do need Mm -hmm. because I realize like 
you know, I may look like a high functioning individual <laughs> and in some spaces and in some moments I am very high functioning, but the reality is I do struggle more than what it may look like I struggle. Um, and so I got to be more vocal about the support that I do need while I'm in this more vulnerable space, because prayerfully I will get to a stronger space, but if I'm not there now, I definitely need to be able to vocalize, you know, to help people help me. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love to hear those things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like just recognizing that is a big yes. step in admitting that because often like we don't like to ask for help. Um, and I'm no, I'm, I'm notorious for saying I got it and I'll figure it out. Like notorious. And it's very, very hard for me to go to people and ask for help or support. Um, it's just not how I was raised. It's just not what I'm used to. So if I'm very uncomfortable asking for help and support. So um, it's something I have to learn for sure. Yeah. I'm forcing myself to get more comfortable with it. And the more and more comfortable I get with it, it's very empowering if I'm being honest. Like. It's like, this is, this is good because it's like you're kind of putting a demand on life. It's really not about those people. It's about, it's about you. you. Absolutely. Yep. Right. So Love you're it. putting that demand on life. Like, no, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I need. And I, my life is going to conform to that. You know, even if that means, you know, people got to shift and move around. It's still, it's okay. Yeah. It don't have to be any, like, Bad blood, malicious, nothing like that. It's just that I'm the only person walking in my shoes. I'm the only person in my skin. I'm the only person having this experience. So, you know, whatever it is that I need to live my most healthy, high vibrational, complete, like fulfilled life, you know, I'm going to do that. So, right. And if you love people, you'll tell them the truth, you know, like you just got to be patient with people. They don't know. They don't know a lot of times. Right. So in talking about the high functioning depression, I was looking up um, some of the emotional symptoms, I guess, of high functioning depression. And it's, it's a lot of the things that we like just kind of talked about, um, Kat. Um, it was like persistent low mood, um, feeling sad, worthless or hopeless, feelings of guilt or shame, irritability, low self-esteem, anxiety, um, suicide ideation or thoughts of self-harm, frequent cr crying, and difficulty enjoying activities. I think difficulty enjoying activities is like a big one for me because sometimes when I'm doing things that I'm supposed to be really happy about, I'm not. And I'm like, why am I not elated right now? Like, why? I'm living the life I said I wanted to live and I'm doing the things I said I wanted to do, but I have little joy in this moment and it was very hard for me to wrap my head around and that's when I kind of knew like I might be having like something going on mentally but I could never really um pinpoint it um and then some of the physical symptoms um were lack of energy changes in appetite sleep disturbances aches and pains chronic fatigue digestive issue issues moving more slowly than usual and headaches um, I've had all of those. I have all of those, mm -hmm. um, like big time. Like honestly, I didn't. I, when I read that, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> like that's me in a nutshell." 
Um, do you guys have any of those physical or emotional symptoms on a like on a more regular basis, like every now and then, or is it like how frequent you would say do you do you experience those if you experience it at all? I have had them, but I never connected it to like my mental health. I and I try not to read too much stuff because if I would have saw that, I, if I saw that like a couple of you know weeks ago I probably would have went into a depression mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just feel like the whole eating and the weight thing is just coming with age and the hormones or whatever so yeah. um that part I just probably wouldn't just I wouldn't do I wouldn't agree with that one for, for myself I got um, you. you feel like but, it's like accepting it yeah. it's kind of like yeah I, I feel you I, feel you. <laughs> I, I do I, under, I really understand so I understand that um I've definitely experienced all of those symptoms at some point or another um in life I would say that there's been times in life where I get into like what I would call like a funk you know like these little depressive funks where it might be these short periods of time that you're just like really low for whatever yeah. reason and yeah you know sometimes that could be a couple days sometimes that could be a couple weeks it just depends. But um, yeah, I would say I've experienced that stuff. And even prior to reading or knowing about it, like I had already kind of been in it a little bit. So it, when I started reading up about it, it was more so me just being able to put, I guess, a diagnosis to what I was already experiencing. Um, but from there, that was empowering because I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I don't accept that diagnosis. Like, let me go right. to work right. to, yeah. like, not be that. And so it was me acknowledging that, um, yeah, this could be clinically diagnosable, but I believe that everything can be healed um, spiritually and holistically and just from, you know, making healthy lifestyle changes and just being aware of it so that you can catch yourself when you might slip into a a state that you don't want to be in because it is easy to just slip on in there like if you're not (laughs) really aware of yourself so and so bringing to my next topic um accountability partner absolutely and I think one of a a great asset to have would be a therapist if it is something that you Mm -hmm. are kind of dealing with um your accountability partner if it can't be a friend if it can't be a relative then getting a therapist can help you maybe figure out some of the the tricks or tools you may need to fight or combat depression or high functioning depression um so we have Keisha Duqueney. So, Keisha, are you here? Hi, good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. Oh my gosh, you sound just like Kat. I was confused. For <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, Kat, are you like a therapist right now? It freaked me yeah. out. And I was like, what? That's the awesome shit I do. Hi guys, I'm here. she <laughs> would. I, well, I guess that's true. That we're friends now. We started sounding like okay. Oh my gosh, that tripped me out. I was like, wait a oh, minute. Yeah, she, does. she does. I can't hear it. Okay. Let <laughs> <laughs> me either, but okay. That's funny. So, Keisha, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Keisha. Okay. Um, can you hear me now? Sorry. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. How are y'all doing? 
Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. We wanted to pick your brain as an expert in dealing with Black women and probably dealing with these issues. Um, If you can give us a little, you know, insight on, do you get a lot of women that come in that deal with depression or is it usually like other topics? Like, is this something that you see a lot? Yeah, depression is something that I see a lot. Um, What I do appreciate um, that I think is starting a shift I'm starting to see is that black women are starting to recognize that what they're going through, they're starting to identify it as depression and not Mm -hmm. just because sometimes it can come off as like anger or irritability, but what's really underneath all of that is just depression and being just being tired of everything. (laughs) But like just being tired of having to constantly defend yourself against I don't know anybody at work constantly being tired of having like code switch at work constantly being tired of people telling you they don't like your tone and having to Mm -hmm. feel like you're walking on eggshells because people just seem to be so easily offended by how you just naturally show up in the world just yeah you know just exhausting Mm -hmm. so yeah depression is something I do help black women with a lot in therapy and one of the ways I try to help them with that is kind of what you guys were already saying I like to encourage women to remember that the best way to preserve your strength is to ask for help and it's not a sign of weakness it actually takes a lot of courage to ask for help because you know you're vulnerable in that moment but the people who really care about you are gonna not only want want to support you they actually get mad at you if they find out that you've been going through something on your own and you never reached out like how dare you not let them help you (laughs) so yeah that's why I try to encourage that and that's awesome Ooh, child, what do I sign up? I need a booking today. <laughs> I need a booking today. Lincoln bio. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I know definitely dealing with um, these kind of situations in the workplace was kind of hard for me doing the whole corporate thing for, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the code switching thing, oh my gosh, like... That is very taxing, especially mm-hmm. being a black woman and having to like hold up a like a certain level, I guess, mm-hmm. of professionalism when everybody else is kind of just yeah. casually themselves, mm-hmm. um, or even just like references to our hair oh. and just it's yeah. a, it's so yeah. many it's so many weird things, yeah, you know, yeah. and it kind of kind of makes you feel like you really just don't belong there or anywhere, you know, yeah, um, that was. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see how that can drive a lot of women into a certain level of depression. Yeah, because first and foremost, the workplace was literally invented without you in mind. You were never supposed to be there, black woman. <laughs> that's, that's so. If you ever feel like you don't belong, and when you look around and you're the only one who looks like you, that's by design. So mm-hmm. mm. we have a tendency though to kind of blame ourselves and kind of second guess. Oh well, do do I belong here because I'm the only one no you're supposed to be here and it wasn't it's supposed to be more people there it's not supposed to be this hard for for you to, wasn't supposed to be this hard for you to get here but that's how why people wanted it so that's why it looks like that so that's not a you thing that's a them thing and i think mm-hmm. a, another reason black women find it so hard to operate in corporate america is because I, they just insist on doing things for the sake of 
doing things because that's the way <laughs> things have always been done. Regardless right. of how, which feels like a catch one too, because if y'all so capitalistic and like uh, revenue driven, why are we doing things in the least efficient way? But right, that they insist, right? So I think so. Black women have so much common sense; it just grinds their gears to be operating in space <laughs> where people are just like just doing things in an illogical manner. And we don't right. have the same. When you were saying it feels like you have more pressure to like be a certain way. And you do because the white women can show up to work and yell and scream and talk at the top of their lungs, and mm-hmm. you have you let them get mad and them get upset in the meeting. You aren't allowed to do that because right anything any fluctuation in your voice instantly you're the angry black woman. So yeah, and it's and it's very hard to come back from that. So it is very hard. Like there's been times where I felt like so-and-so was like being a little snappy and I and I I actually had to get snappy back Mm -hmm. and then it was like you know it was like a conversation at that point had to be had because I got a little bit too sassy like y'all don't see what (laughs) this lady said to me I was like because I felt that was super fucking sassy yeah and I was like I was like if that's okay for her to do that then it should should be okay for me to say what I said to her Um, and yes. nothing like out of pocket, but just matching that energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they yes. don't allow us to match that energy, and it is very frustrating. Yeah, I actually, um, I deal with that at my current job. This is Kat, by the way. <laughs> um, I deal with that at my current job, and it was so funny because I actually addressed it. Um, there's a group of colleagues who don't speak to me, and um. I'm like, so, you know, we all work together. We're the only people in the building at this time of hour. So what is, well, you know, what's up? What's the issue? What's going on? Oh, well, you don't speak to us. And I was like, well, I'm not going to acknowledge you. <laughs> like, that's one thing that I'm not going to do. I'm not going to put myself out there to acknowledge you to, you know, if you don't acknowledge me when you see me, then I'm like, you know, I'm a mind a business that pays me. I'm going to stay in my little area. So it's this whole big thing that, Oh, Katara don't speak to anyone. She just she's all she do is just work. She doesn't speak to anyone. And I'm like, okay, but you got the clear boy behind me who mm-hmm. don't talk to nobody. <laughs> like nobody at all. He don't even talk to me. But right. y'all acknowledge him. You get what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like why can't you be quiet? I hate that. I hate that because <laughs> when you're a quiet person, it's just like you're not showing up enough if you're yeah. too quiet. But if you're too loud, then you're too loud. Exactly. So it's like they want you to be a perfect blend of whatever. And it's just like, no, that's not fair. What they like, want us to do, they want, yeah, they want us to kiss their asses, but that ain't, yeah. that ain't, that ain't gonna What y'all gotta now. start doing is following those white girls on Instagram and TikTok. They, be, they speak corporate for a living, like how you speak Spanish or Patois. They speak corporate like the white girls when it was like how do you tell somebody you're a liar without saying that <laughs> oh, and they, about, oh emails no the, well email in person oh, okay, okay. It's like, I, emails i get you i can get you i be email. seeing them they be they, well they be teaching you how to talk <laughs> in person and be up per my last email oh i'm like oh okay thank you so much because y'all are the kings of passive aggressiveness we're oh, not yes. like that that's why we be failing yeah. in those spaces because we're gonna get straight to the point and they don't do that and and that's why it's another reason why it can be hard. But yeah, um, I think y'all are talking about like good ways to keep your own personal boundaries at work and to keep your mental health going. I'm really glad a lot of a lot of uh, companies are now like offering like mental health days and 
that you can just take off. One thing I also encourage Black women to do is not to feel guilt- guilty about taking vacation days. And I don't care who else in the office don't use them and all of that. That's that's none of your business. You right. need to take those days. Off. And, and, don't, and you don't have to be going on vacation to take your vacation days. You can do right. that just to take a hot bath in the middle of the day. It doesn't matter. So learn learn to take care of yourself without feeling guilty about it. Because everything around you thrives on how well you're thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, baby, I took them days. I took all my days. <laughs> In my last corporate position, I was definitely discouraged from yeah. taking days off because we only had a few people in our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, so my last corporate position was about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And my resignation, which was an abrupt one, was basically because of like the mental health, right how it was affecting my mental health. So I put that <laughs> in my resignation email, like this job is really affecting my mental health is no longer good for me. So I have to leave the position because it was very it was a very weird position to be in. And, you know, to speak to that situation that you were talking about, low where you know, if you try to match someone's energy, I actually did have a situation where I didn't match her energy per se. I might have in my energy, but I didn't in my words. Mm-hmm. But I did assertively ask if if there was an issue. And, you know, they don't like that directness, like direct eye contact. Like, do we have a problem? Mm-hmm. Like, that's really all I did. But I came back to work the next day with a whole story being made up about how I got physical with them and how oh, I actually sure. got sent home for the day. <laughs> what? I got physical and I got sent home for today when I actually got sent to a work gig. So it was just like, okay, so when I do the right thing, you just going to make up a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, White women tears are dangerous, I tell you. Yeah, oh, yeah, that it's really in its proper. I'm like, no, I'm not going to play these games with y'all. Like, I'm too powerful of a woman, Dude. like. To, to be subjected to whatever y'all, whatever role y'all want me to play in this space, I'm not going to do it. Good for you. So, yeah. So, I wanted to talk on irritability. I have a big... I, I find myself to be very irritable, mm-hmm. and I just recently discovered that that might be a high-functioning depression thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I really like my alone time and my space. And I feel like sometimes when people are in my space for longer periods of time than I want them to be, I get highly, highly irritable. <laughs> and I just don't know. So I'm asking a therapist. <laughs> this is like, ask the therapist Ask questions. a therapist. Hashtag ask <laughs> yeah. a therapist. Yeah. Um, could I like that. that. Possibly, Put on a t-shirt. Gotcha. Is that is that could that possibly be a thing, or is that just me being an asshole? I don't know. I don't know how to like. You know what I'm saying? I personally support assholes, so I might be biased. Um, <laughs> but as far as high functioning depression, irritability is definitely a symptom of that. And from what you just described, I don't know in what context this is. If this is personal or professional, when you say people are exceed their time in my space person this is definitely personal personal okay well then you might have even more flexibility around what i'm about to say so if first things first it's great that you recognize this about yourself that you have a limit and when your timer goes off they got to get with it they ain't got to go home but they got to get up out of here there's Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that it sounds like you have a short battery life when it comes to peopling 
Yeah. Um, oh. And when you're done, you're done. That's not a right or wrong or good or bad thing. It just is about you. So you have a responsibility to respectfully, but <laughs> remove people from your space when their time mm-hmm. is up. When then your internal clock goes off, like, okay, sis, you've hit your limit. If it goes beyond this, the the big bad wolf is going to come out. And that's not yeah. necessarily how I want it to be. So... You edit, you know, if you if, if it goes off, that's when you're okay. Well, thank you for coming. You know, that's when you're thank you for coming. Star, what you about to do? What you, what you about? What you so what you about to do? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my show. therapeutic uh, feedback. <laughs> you need to start hitting them with the what you about to do, but earlier. Yeah. Once your spotty senses first start tingling, like I'm I'm gonna feel myself being over this in about in, in about the next five to ten minutes. Let me go ahead, go ahead and start prepping them. Okay, so that's normal. That's Cause normal. Like, because people, you know, when people kind of make you feel like you should want to be kind of like you know around them, around or... people, yeah, <laughs> or around them or whatever. Yeah. And and you can and I start second guess like, is there something wrong with me? And that kind of sends me into a like a a slight little depressive episode because like, is there something wrong with me where I kind of just don't want to be around people? You know. So um, okay, that's good to know though. Mm-hmm. Where that becomes especially challenging is in parenting. Oh yeah. Parenthood. <laughs> you mean yeah. at, at, with your parents or you with your you parenting with your kids? Uh, probably both. But I was referring to more so me parenting with my. With okay. My okay. Yeah. yeah, that one's harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no space. No, yes. I may or may not be hiding in a room in the back of the house right now. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. That's challenging. Or well, let's just be specific. So, what is what is? How old is your child? Oh well, he's older now. But I do oh. remember. Yeah, okay. I remember a season where you know I really struggled with that because I am a type of person where I'm very introverted. Mm-hmm. I'm very like. But that's what know, God be doing. He be giving the introverts to extroverted children. I know. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's how he do. It is yes. true. I think he'd be bored yes. sometimes, so he'd just be throwing <laughs> wrenches in the plane like that. Do y'all think yes. that's our challenge? Do you think, like, we're gifted with that? Because cause I, I have that yeah. with... Can't lie. I'm very introverted, but everyone I seem to date, and even my son, is very, like, clingy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's mm-hmm. over. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. I'm like, is it my task in life to learn how to overcome this overwhelm but it's so hard like it's it's draining like it physically and mentally drains me sometimes even if that's your task in life you still have the right to put boundaries in place so like me myself personally I have a two-year-old and she's basically an obsessive stalker okay so (laughs) I with all due respect I love her with all my heart mind and soul and I just want to breathe her in all the time but also she wants to do that to me too even when I'm like okay so me I'm very strict on bedtime like that's that's my thing and I know parents with kids that age, a lot of them still sleep in the same bed with them and room and all that. So that can make it harder. But for me, I made it a point to like her bedtime stays the same all the time. I mean, you know, give or take a few minutes depending on how the day is going. But generally her bedtime is the same. 
all the time and she sleeps in her room in her bed so that when I put her to bed after bed and I close that door just mentally it feels like oof okay like even if I have a house full of stuff I still need to do at least I'm getting a break in this area so like I have space in between when she goes to bed and when I go to bed so mm. that that's just like a little a little small I don't know I guess a little small thing yeah so it's kind of like you even have to set parental boundaries mm-hmm. as a parent like with your kids like even yeah. though you love them and you, you still have to kind of just to guard yourself have to kind of set some boundaries that are reasonable so that you know they can kind of learn how to respect your space if mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly yeah I, I not a parent yet but definitely agree with that yeah it can be easier said than done though so Anybody listening, I am not judging in any way, form, or fashion. I understand exactly. Once they give you that little please baby face and you hear them cry. And for women, for mothers, it can be physically different. I remember when she was a smaller baby, like, she would cry. And this might be TMI, but, like, when you're breastfeeding, if she would cry from the other room, it would hurt physically. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to just be like, oh, just ignore that. No, I'm in physical pain. The louder she screams, <laughs> I yeah. have to go make it stop. So yeah. it's a process, but you can do it, and you're still a good parent if they don't sleep with you, and you're still a good parent if they get sad because they're not up underneath you all the time. It it's it makes them a little bit stronger. It'll make you a little bit stronger too. So in a way, it could be good for both y'all to put those boundaries there sometimes. That's some good advice. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I wanted to also talk about um, kind of like, okay, so I, I don't know if you guys remember that Miss USA. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, who kind of, I guess she committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, way they, really the way they say it now is died by suicide. Oh, do, die by suicide. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, um, it's okay. <laughs> it changes all the time. So, this, right. That's, I, I never know the right. I think they changed it in order to kind of like, um, kind of kind of express how severe mental health and things like depression can be. Mm-hmm. That it kind of takes over people, and it's not something that they in, plan to do or want to do, or intentionally do. It's just that it's such a severe. It is like a severe illness that the, the that can be the result if it's if it goes unnoticed or not treated properly. Right. Yeah. And they call that now. Um, I read somewhere it was like called PDD, dysthymia, or something like that. Like that would be like when it it could last for years, or and it like it could go from like mild to severe. So mm-hmm. um, I, I guess it's persistent depressive disorder. Yeah. You read. So it's yes. just like, okay, so you might be high functioning depression because you have like this persistent depressive disorder where you can be, you seem perfectly normal, but then you're on like the spectrum where it can be like extremely bad, like yeah. one day. And that's maybe in the times where you might feel um, suicidal or have these thoughts or whatever the case may be. Um, and I don't know if like, that's the first time I heard of that terminology pdd and i'm just like they have all these things now all these 
All these they, terminologies, I feel like I got to be aware they of do. and like, learn. Well, <laughs> what's even more confusing about that particular string of letters, that acronym is actually stands for several different things. Uh, yeah, not just that, that one. So, yeah, you, you couldn't, you would have to, even if you Googled PDD, you would get more than one diagnosis that would come up. So wow. it's not your fault that you, this saves like a lot to keep up with because there is. Yeah, there is. But I just, I did want to talk about like how people who seem perfectly normal, like yeah. how, if you have a friend that is like, you know, maybe um, who seems perfectly fine, how can you be, how can you even be aware or how can you help somebody that seems perfectly normal? Like, is there any type of way to identify that from the outside looking in um, other than just being like, hey, are you okay? But even when you say that, they're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just you're, thought about that. Right. Uh, when you said it, I thought about that. Check on your strong friends. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the first thing I thought about. Because we don't. We don't check on each other. We think, oh, she's good. You know, she, she posted she happy or, you know, she's always working. She's good. But just calling or just texting, are you okay? That's not really, that's not really checking on that friend. Well, friend, you know, mm-hmm. well, it's such a complicated topic. It's it's kind of hard to figure out which angle to start with first. Like, <laughs> check, like check on your strong friends, yes, but at the same time, whether they're strong or not, if somebody is severely depressed to the point where they're having passive suicidal ideation or even like actual suicidal ideation with a plan and intent. If they get to that point, that low, even if you do ask them if they're okay, if 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 their illness has overwhelmed them so bad, if they can get to the point where they feel like, what is the point of telling anyone? Nobody can fix this. The only way for this to be fixed is if I'm not here to have to deal with it. And I'm no good to anybody right now anyway, because I'm not even functioning at my optimal level so my kids aren't getting the best of me my partner isn't getting the best of me I'm not really showing up at work whatever whatever and they may have it and other people might not see any of that but if that's how they already feel it's almost like all you can do is say it are you okay I'm checking on you and send a text so I would say do all of it if today all you got time to do is just send the hey, I'm just checking on your text, send the text. If to, if if when you get off work you can FaceTime, do that. If mm-hmm. and I feel like when it's our our friend friend that we know very well and you start seeing and women are very observant and attentive of everybody, but of each <laughs> other, mm-hmm. um, you'll notice a change in pattern. Yeah. And when you do, they might be a little like resisting at first because again how y'all were saying earlier like you're not if you're not used to reaching out and asking for support or asking for help you will be resistant to anybody uh knowing that something everything isn't okay and that can go back to childhood when you were taught to you know keep the business keep the business in this house and you, you need to appear well and as long as you look like you're okay then that's just good enough so those are like things you will have healthy, unhealthy things you have to unlearn. But um, also, if someone is feeling suicidal and they look like everything is just okay, 
if that's your friend or even if it's not your friend, but you are concerned and something you're all, always trust your intuition. If it's telling you something's off or you do need to check deeper on that person, I would say that's the time to be direct. So it doesn't feel like a, just a, any any other type of, hey, just checking on you, because it's hard to tell the difference between, hey, girl, just checking on you and like, no, I'm concerned checking on you. Yeah. So I, I would I would bring that to, hey, I hope you're not offended by this, but I've just noticed that you've been seeming more sad than lately or you're not posting as much as you used to or you're not working out or whatever. I know you're really passionate about X, Y, Z, and I don't really see you either talking about it or doing it or showing showing that anymore and I know how you can hold things in or whatever so I'm gonna be checking on you but I want you to know that it's because I love you and that's and that's why because I noticed something different if it's nothing then cool but I want you to know that I'm here for you Mm -hmm. if you need anything kind of thing yeah because you know depression can show up in so many like weird ways yeah. like sometimes where we don't even notice ourselves that we're probably mm-hmm. even dealing with like this might be a symptom of depression like for mm-hmm. example y'all I'm pretty sure when I moved out of the country for four months that was like I was having a whole depressive episode and I didn't mm-hmm. notice until I looked back and I realized I left my whole kid <laughs> I left my child which I was just like he and I, I, he went with his auntie, then he went with mm-hmm. his dad. And but like, I knew it was something that needed to happen. But the fact that I was so kind of like tunnel visioned of mm-hmm. getting out of here, and it really kind of when I look back and I was like, whoa, like I made this very irrational, it was a, an irrational move. Um, to escape my current reality because I I was I was severely depressed mm-hmm. and it didn't look like that to me it was just like I'm changing I'm changing things like I'm moving I'm making things happen but when I look back and I read my journals I was like whoa but you were having an episode <laughs> <laughs> like you were having a whole episode um and you really didn't and I really didn't notice it until like I kind of you know reflected on it. Um, so I think like depression can show up in in different ways, and I think that's the the bigger point I guess I was trying to make with the high function depression. Like you don't even know some of the things you do can be linked to your mental your mental state, and you're acting mm-hmm. as if like oh I'm functioning well and I'm doing this and I'm making it happen, but in reality you're like running from something that you're not really addressing. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep, I'm a runner. I'm a track star. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just say, because um, I heard y'all speaking earlier about how, like, you know, sometimes there are more holistic approaches, and that is true. So I, when I'm having therapy with a with a client, I'm always encouraging them to use every tool available. Mm-hmm. If you believe in God, use that. If you want to start therapy, use that. If you want to do Reiki or massages or um crystals or you work out or you meditate or you take naps or you take baths do all <laughs> of it all all of it you need every resource that's available to you yeah all of it um and if you're just not sure and you're just like dang do i have depression do i need it then it's okay to reach out to the therapist um and you may discover that it's layers to it and it may not just be one thing and sometimes you can't put your finger on it but sometimes that's why 
it can it can be helpful to talk to a professional to see what is going on, what's not going on, who you thought it might be the cause. It's not plot twist. You're the villain. Maybe you're not. <laughs> you know, like maybe yeah. you do need to move out of the country for four months. You know, maybe you need to stay at your job after mm-hmm. all. You know, maybe you need to apply for that next position. Who knows? Right. You know, but I I really want to encourage you to. Always trust your in, your intuition. That voice inside that's telling you something is off or something's not right or go left instead of right. Trust that. Look into it. Give it give it the benefit of the doubt to see like if there's something more there that could benefit your mental health in the long run. Right. Absolutely. And if you feel like that, if and I think if you feel like that's okay for you, like embrace it. I feel like as Black women, when we do make a decision to take care of ourselves. You know, we think about oh shoot, what other people, you know, what other people's perspectives mm-hmm. like. Well, dang, she just gave up. Like she just gave up on her family to take care of herself. She just quit her job to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By all by all necessary means, do what it is that you have to do for yourself. Like sometimes you have to be selfish, and it's okay. Yeah, it is. That's the hard part. I felt really, you know, feeling really bad about being selfish. I'm like, ooh. You have to you have to change your definition of what selfish is. Yeah. The only thing that's making you feel bad is what you think it means. Mm, That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, I know we're getting closer to this hour mark, so I don't want to hold you guys too long. But do we have any other key takeaways that we want to give to our audience? about dealing with depression or high-functioning depression or talking to people? I think we've said a lot. There's <laughs> anything we missed, you know, could throw it in this tidbit right here. The last thing I will say as a therapist is Black women, the strongest thing you can do is asking for help and asking for support. Let people help you take things off of your plate. Mm. Because the better you take care of yourself, ironically, it's the better that you can take care of the people and the things you care about the most. Yep. But okay, I think that is it, y'all. Thank you for for, uh, joining us, Keisha. We really appreciate your insight. It was very helpful. Yes, thank you. That was me. I appreciate y'all inviting me. And I really appreciate y'all having these conversations on behalf of Black women anyway, because I feel like the more we hear people talk about it, the more normal to us and the more freedom we feel like we can have to advocate for ourselves so thank y'all for even creating this platform yes and where can they find you Keisha for those who do need your services or just want to follow what you got going sure yes you can follow me um, on Instagram at optimistic counseling underscore and my website is optimistic counseling.com awesome I'm gonna have to give you a ring Keisha Mm-hmm. I'm here when you need me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Okay, thank you. Y'all have a great day. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. So we're stuck in a fight. I cannot relate to the hate that they made up in their mind. I do not participate because every single time.